0: Welcome to Radio Core, the podcast all about human relationships, life decisions and life events. I'm Jonathan Elliott. We go to the core of the issues and the core of the people living them in their daily lives. Today we look at a weird, wonderful, complicated aspect of family relationships, often dreaded, rarely escapable, the in-laws. Does this sound familiar?
1: I think I can only say that she's possibly the most thick-skinned woman I've ever come across because my even not-so-gentle words about little different things just don't seem to have bothered her.
0: But it's not just mothers-in-law. Fathers-in-law, sons, daughters and brothers-in-law. Or, as a friend of mine puts it, the outlaws have been a challenge in families since, well, there have been families – which is what makes them so interesting.
2: I think the question of getting on with in-laws interested me because I felt I wasn't getting on with my in-laws. And not getting on with them didn't mean we were quarrelling. It meant it was a very uncomfortable relationship. That's
0: Terry Apter, author and academic, based at the University of Cambridge, England.
2: So when I married as a very young woman, I expected that my husband and I would be forming a new unencumbered (laughs) partnership, that um, it would would just be us and I would be uh, the A woman in that bit of the family. But that isn't how either he or his parents saw the issue.
0: Terry's experience set her off on a lifelong quest to understand just what goes on when the in-laws crash into your life. We'll be coming back to her in a little while, but first, meet
3: Guy. I've been with my wife, well, we've been married for nine years, together for ten. We're both actors, we met doing a play.
0: This is a three-character drama. At one corner of a triangle is Guy's wife, Emma, at the other, her mother-in-law, Guy's mum... And there's Guy, the man in the middle. Or is he? The plot of this play is both very recognisable and completely unique. Let's hear it from Guy's perspective.
3: I think, you know, it's, it's fair to say that my family's a sort of conservative background, very traditional, and Emma's are quite... Her mum, anyway, very modern, pretty liberal. She's, she's a music teacher. They're very into the arts,
0: Guy's mum and Emma have not always seen eye to eye. In fact, their relationship has all the classic characteristics of the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law trying to get along.
3: Emma and my mum. And there used to be, even as recent as a few years back, there were. it wasn't uncommon to see a blazing row where Emma would storm off and go, ''Well, I know what you think of me.'' And my mum would then go, ''Well, I didn't do anything wrong with I, I, ''You can't say anything to her, can you?'' without her going off the handle. Did
0: I say there were three characters in this drama? Let's add another.
3: We had our first child. We're pretty liberal, I, I guess, in the way we bring him up. He chooses shoes for himself. One time he's chosen pink sandals you know, he has his nails painted sometimes, you know. He's got two cousins who are both girls and together they, they'll all get their nails painted and he'll sometimes have his nails painted
0: pink. Um
3: and my mum sometimes has got things to say about this.
0: Attitudes in multicultural liberal London are a bit different from the traditional working class areas of South Wales that Guy's family is from. There was trouble on the horizon. Big trouble.
3: He went to a Halloween party, but he wanted to go as Elsa from Frozen. So he wore this full sort of Disney princess dress. (laughs) And, you know, I've got to admit that I was, I was a little, you know, do, is this okay? Is he going to be bullied for this and wearing the pink sandals and stuff? But I definitely wasn't going to be the dad who, who said no. You can't, you can't wear that, you know. I definitely wasn't going to be that person. So he, he turned up in this dress, and it was really celebrated by everybody. We put a photo of him on Facebook, and this found its way back to my mum. And she phoned uh, one day when we were in the car, myself and Emma were in the car, and she was on loudspeaker on the car phone. I don't think she knew Emma was in the car, and she said, oh, Guy, I've been meaning to speak to you. What what, what did you dress him in? You know, what did you dress him in for that Halloween party? And, and she goes, I'm so upset about it. I'm really upset. He's a little boy. He's so lovely. And you're putting him in a dress for this party. And we were both kind of silent. And I said, Mum, just to let you know, you're on speakerphone <laughs> in the car. <laughs> and she said, I don't care. This is what I think. And, you know, got quite angry about it and and basically she went well I'll speak to you later goodbye and hung up with, and and we didn't speak to her for about 2 weeks
2: that triangle the mother son daughter-in-law is extremely important and it's uh affects often affects the quality of the marriage as well as the quality of the relationship between mother and son
0: Terry Apter's research into in-law relationships stemmed from in-depth interviews of 156 individuals and 49 families. Guy's story is a classic and posed to him a classic dilemma.
2: Now what I found, and I think I was surprised by this, um, that sons tend to be very, very loyal to their mothers. It doesn't mean that they're under her thumb. It doesn't mean that they're her little boy, but they tend to be very loyal. And sometimes they feel that setting um, any kind of boundary is being disloyal to her. And a wife may feel that in failing to work with her to set boundaries that um, her husband is being disloyal to her.
0: We'll come to Guy's solution to his mother's outrage and the potential row with her daughter-in-law in in a little while. But first, let's look at another thing that Terry Apter discovered in her research. The answer to in-law relationships is not just being nice and avoiding an argument. Meet Sally
4: so uh, my husband and I met at university, and um then we went on to have three children uh two boys and a girl and the the um uh, my daughter got married four years ago, and my son got married uh just over a year ago. He'd been going out with his girlfriend for ten years, so we knew her very well and um Yeah, we knew her very well. And my daughter knew her husband for ten years, but they only got together for the last sort of six years or so, and then they got married four years ago. Um, And both of those relationships have, have finished now.
0: Sally has watched the marriages of two of her children collapse, and it's been agony. At the start, her daughter's marriage in particular looked like it had been made in heaven.
4: We were really delighted for them both because it looked like it was going to be a good match and they'd known each other for such a long time, so why wouldn't it be sort of thing. And, uh, no, it was fine, it was fine. And then they got married and uh, and it wasn't.
0: (laughs) That was the marriage of Sally's daughter and son-in-law, and she didn't get to know the son-in-law very well in the marriage of her son her daughter-in-law was close close but radically different
4: she absolutely says what she thinks which you know some is is perhaps not always easy not always easy and um and not um sometimes i found that quite tricky when she was being Ruthlessly honest. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, I, I think probably we, we, we would couch our words a bit more, um, but um, she would say what she thought. And, uh, and that's refreshing in lots of ways, but sometimes it, it's, it's a bit of a shock when you're not used to it.
0: Sally's gained and lost two in-laws, and it's been very painful. Like any parent, she wonders if she's to blame, and if so, how.
4: Never, ever, would either of us ever have interfered in what was going on in those relationships. They had to kind of do that for themselves, make their own decisions, sort themselves out. But I think there are times when maybe it might be helpful to say what you're actually thinking rather than trying to protect the other person and in a way I think that's what I learnt from my daughter-in-law because she would say what she thought whereas I'd be too scared to to do that in case I hurt somebody's feelings or whatever that kind of thing but um, but it's very fine line. It's a really difficult thing to do. If you 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 don't want to interfere, you don't want to be seen to be interfering. You want it's their lives. They've got to make these decisions themselves. But at the same time, if you see something which you think you really think is is wrong, then is it right to keep quiet, or should you should you actually say something? I'm not sure. I still don't really know
0: the answer to that one. Sally's soul-searching is a common feature of the in-law who wants to get it right.
2: The mother-in-law doesn't want to be that awful mother-in-law, so you're already dealing with, um, you know, a negative schema. Uh, But the idea of... um, you know, having to bite your tongue. Um, If you look in Greek drama, there's there's a very common saying, an ox has stepped on my tongue, which means you're not allowed to say what you want to say. What is special, I think, about the in-law relationship is that there are two very different families coming together, and you don't know what you can say and what you can't say.
0: Finally, meet Catherine. First baby, new partner, new home. For Catherine right now, everything is very, very new. But her feelings for her mother-in-law are as old as families themselves.
1: I was warned by Matt before that his stepmother was quite an intense character.
0: Intense and seemingly indifferent.
1: I found that often if I offered up my opinion on something there was a little kind of tumbleweed moment and things weren't either weren't greatly received or just weren't received at all and that's something that I really struggle with because I really do rely as a person on kind of deeper meaningful relationships.
0: And a lack of connection has meant a lack of communication.
1: I think I can only say that she's possibly the most thick-skinned woman I've ever come across because my even not-so-gentle words that I've had with her on several occasions about different, you know, little different things just don't seem to have bothered her.
0: Which is why this Christmas was particularly hard. When Catherine and Matt went to visit Matt's dad and stepmother, Baby was put down and cried as Baby's will. Catherine just wanted him to be left alone. But mother-in-law had other ideas. We tend to adopt
1: the approach of, you know, let him cry. I know know, I'm his mother, I know the differences in his cries, I know when he's just annoyed and when he really, really needs me. Um, So we communicated this to them, we had the baby monitor on, and we just said, five minutes, he'll be asleep, he's so exhausted, you know, so... I think my boyfriend and I were then just kind of waiting for him to settle down and he had got quieter so we were feeling, you know, a little bit easier about this and maybe that was kind of ten minutes that had passed. And the next thing I saw, because our baby monitor is actually a video monitor, the next thing that I saw was her in the baby's room picking him up out of his cot. And I suppose I can only... It was disbelief, I think. I... I don't know. I think I probably thought that I was hallucinating.
0: Ouch! Mother-in-law had well and truly crossed the line. For Catherine, it's now only a matter of time before hostilities break out into the open.
1: I think you, you know. I I hope I hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But if I were to be entirely honest, I I really don't I really don't see one. It was a really really horrible moment for me because I just felt incredibly out of control. She just seemed to entirely disregard my wishes and I suppose had a real lack of respect for for kind of my parenting style and what I wanted.
0: With no rapport between them, Catherine and her mother-in-law pretended nothing had happened. Terry Apter calls this good behaviour syndrome, superficially peaceful but actually toxic and dangerous.
2: Everyone can be behaving well and saying nice things, but they're not being spontaneous and they're feeling uncomfortable, they're feeling on guard and they're not relaxed. They're not going to come out of that exchange and think, well, that was fun because it wasn't fun. And of course, what happens in such situations, what all too often happens is that, um, you know, you're trying and trying to make nice And then suddenly you just lose it.
0: Now back to Guy, Emma, the cross-dressing four-year-old and the scandalised mother. We left them with a two-week silence after a highly embarrassing hands-free call. It was a classic flashpoint waiting to happen. Was Emma going to lose it with her mother-in-law? Some men might have stepped back and let the women sort it out. So what did Guy do? There are
3: lots of times that I think Emma can be too reactionary to my mum. And I'll sort of say, oh, come on, she doesn't quite mean it like that, or she's, she's not intending to be offensive. But I think with this particular incident, yeah, I did absolutely have to say, this is our policy, this is our policy on parenting. I think I did have to step in and go, this... This is the way we're parenting. It's kind of none of your business. I'd like you to be involved in his upbringing, but with stuff like this, it's a kind of it's, it's zero tolerance. Really, this is the way we bring him bring him up.
2: In setting boundaries, what you can do is you can say to her, "We really uh, value your um, participation in this family, your contribution." we will you will always be a part of this new family unit um but we also want space time to set our own uh, to feel that we're our own unit and if the son is able to do that then it's much more likely that he'll be able to ease tension between his wife and his mother, because his wife won't feel that she has to do all the work herself.
0: That's all from Radio Core today. If you like the show, please be sure to tweet us and check out our site, www.radiocore.at. Join the discussions on the forum and keep sending us your ideas for future podcasts. We love them. And if you liked Terry Apter, her book on in-laws is called What Do You Want From Me? And you can find more at her site. Her first name is spelt Terry, T-E-R-R-I, and second, Apter, A-P-T-E-R. Goodbye for now.